0: Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast with your host, Joe Parnay. Join me in this deep exploration of our personal journeys from ambition to meaning, where we stop living life fast and start living life deep. This is a journey of waking up and realizing that our lives have never been about us, but about others. True success leaves positive ripple effects on other souls. I believe that success needs to be redefined from our own personal ambitious endeavors to be redefined as the value that we leave and give to others around us. Join me now as we begin this journey to deeper connections, even more fulfillment, some fun, curiosity, life, love, and all good things. Your deeper journey from ambition to meaning starts right now. It's Joe here. Welcome to episode 62, my Lord. Hope you're all doing great wherever you are tuning in from. So today, today I want to focus on a whole nother level of what it means to embrace the courage to be you. And what brings this to mind is I was recently tuning into a show on Gaia, G-A-I-A. It's like the Netflix for spirituality, if that makes any sense. Some fascinating documentaries and shows on there, some phenomenal authors and some amazing contributors into the whole space of the journey to enlightenment, waking up, expanding consciousness, becoming more, that kind of thing. And I love that stuff. And if you've been listening to a lot of my podcasts or following my work, I dare say that you probably love all that stuff, too, because to me, that's all that matters at the end of the day. (laughs) So... What I came across in this um, on, on Gaia was one of the documentaries I was watching um, where they talk about um, the story of uh, a story from 2,400 years ago. And no, it's not the story of Christ. It's another story by Plato. Yes, it was, it was about that, 2,400, 2,500 years ago. Um, the story of Plato, which is called um, The Republic, The Republic. And the story focuses on, so what the centerpiece of this story is what's known as Plato's cave. This was a fascinating story. So I'm going to share this uh, with you. It's only going to take me about two minutes to uh, share the story. But uh, the whole point of this episode is to echo or reflect on what Plato was actually communicating to us all those, you know, thousands of years ago, 2,400 years ago, my Lord. So Plato's cave is the centerpiece of the republic. So if you want to google the republic by plato you'll you'll find this I'm sure somewhere in the ether. So plato um had socrates because plato and socrates um socrates would often teach uh by asking questions and and plato and socrates existed um around the same time. So they had this um, I'm sure some kind of professional or friendship or something re- relationship or some kind. So plato had socrates describe a group of people who lived chained in a cave all their lives, facing nothing more than a blank wall. All they could see were the shadows on the wall that were being projected by people and things passing by a fire which was behind them. So all they could see are the shadows of what's going on behind them as a reflection of that fire, if that makes any sense. They called this a puppet show, right? So this puppet show became like their world. And according to Socrates, the shadows were as close as the prisoners, the prisoners of the cave, of Plato's cave. These shadows were as close as the prisoners would ever get to seeing reality. Forevermore, being told, so like the whole time being told about the outside world, they were being told about there's people out there, there's things going on out there, there's events going on out there, there's experiences going out there. They were forever being told about this outside world, and yet they continue to believe that the shadows is all there is. Even if they suspected that there was more, they were unwilling to leave what was familiar. Humanity today are like the prisoners in Plato's cave. I believe we are all, in varying levels of degrees, we are all prisoners like in in Plato's cave. We've only seen the shadows on the cave wall. You know, these shadows represent, I reckon, our thoughts. The world of thinking is the only world that a lot of us know. I'll speak for myself, that I know. But there is another world beyond thinking, beyond the dualistic mind. Are you and I willing to leave the cave? This is courage. This is courageous. To leave everything we have ever known, to find out the truth of who we really are. For us to wake up from the characters that we have been playing, the roles that we've been playing. We need to turn our attention away from the thoughts and move toward the light. The mind is a trap for consciousness. It's not that we are in the prison. We are the prison. Oh, my Lord. If we fight to get out of the illusion, we are treating the illusion like it's real. We will remain asleep and in this prison of thought. I don't know about you. But I feel as I, you know, was, was, was uh, reading this story of Plato's cave, I felt both frightened and excited at the same time um, because of what Plato's story can mean for you and me and for all of us. I reckon truly waking up, truly waking up is the ultimate goal. It's the ultimate letting go of everything we think we have been and that we think that we are. So where do we begin? You know, are there steps to this? How do we know where we are on this journey to enlightenment? What does it mean to be enlightened? You know, David Hawkins in one of his books, I think, um, I, one of it's simply called I, he says that enlightenment is disidentifying. That's a word I've just made up there. Disidentifying or stop identifying with the cloud and realizing that you are the sky. You know, I love Rumi's words. Rumi said, we are not drops in the ocean we are the ocean in the drop that is so beautiful and of course you and i and all of us can interpret all of these insights from these amazing people in all kinds of ways so so i i always like to do my very best to you know try to answer these questions i mean I, i'm very limited in what i can how i can answer these questions but Let me tell you that um, with what we're talking about here are different worlds, different frequencies, different ranges of experience. You know, we can't look for a tiger in the ocean, as I always say. Well, I've been saying that for a while now. Maybe I haven't said it in my podcast. But it's like looking for a tiger in the ocean. You know, we need to leave the ocean and embrace the land if we have any hope of finding that tiger, whatever that tiger represents to you. This book, this whole... um, journey that I'm on with my writing and the book that I'm trying to write and get together that I've been <laughs> that's been evolving now for five years is about preparing myself really and my reader right to leave that ocean right if we are to truly want to find that tiger we need to leave what we know now how does this actually translate in everyday life? well I can share that from experience in, you know in life this transformation comes in the form of you know a change in priorities. Uh, It comes in the form of leaving a job that you just aren't aligned to anymore or leaving a career or a direction professionally that you're heading toward that you don't, doesn't resonate with you anymore or that you're soulless in that experience. So you're looking for something different. You know, as I say to my sons, you're, you know, as you get older and into your teens and into your 20s, you can either get a job or make a job, two very big, different, different roads. You can So you can create the job of your passions and dreams, which is what I've somehow done over the last 15 years. Or it could be embracing the courage to leave, you know, a long-term relationship, which your heart's not in anymore. But, you know, a relationship maybe that you vacated a long time ago. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to leave things like this. You know, on a personal level, I can still remember how it felt, you know, to leave a successful career back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And go on a sabbatical meet some amazing people learn some incredible things about consciousness humanity the human condition emotional fitness which is what i call well, emotional intelligence which i call emotional fitness in my work in in the current day and uh you know and i got lost in that sabbatical i actually believe that it's actually very healthy to get lost in our lives um, as long as we have an awareness that it's healthy to do so because being lost is not, not a very pleasant experience. I can tell you from my own experience, because in that sabbatical time, that 15 months that I took away, even though I was surrounded by some amazing people, um, people that have deeply inspired me forever, you know, the, the the time came where we all needed to part ways and continue on with our various lives. You know, some people went on to become, you know, parents and starting their own businesses or changing their jobs or moving states or, you know, changing a different country or, you know, so I lost contact with a lot of those people, but, and I and I went back to my old job because I didn't know what else to do with myself, and the darkness of being lost became even, even darker, and um, and that caused me to you know look really really hard into myself and you know start exploring what opportunities or you know um, choices I had, and uh, and that eventually led me into the whole coaching space back in two thousand and five. And I started my journey then, as a lot of you who know me on this uh, from this podcast know, know the story there, right? So Plato's cave. I think this is something that we need to reflect on. Oh well, you don't need to do anything. By the way, I don't want to tell you what to do, right? But I think it's well worth reflecting on this. I think it's really powerful to reflect on, you know, some of the some of the words of what they, what they were talking about here. They're talking about embracing Plato's talking about and Socrates here. He's talking about you know changing worlds. Changing the way that we see things. Now, the way that I explain this in my work is, uh, you know, the the journey of identity phases. And I'm not going to go into all the detail here because I've covered it off in, in other other podcast episodes. But and I and please don't ask me in comments or, or emails um, which podcast episode it is because I don't know. Um, but I can tell you this: that um, we're on a journey, on a journey of, you know, ambition to meaning and. As of the time of the recording of this particular episode, uh, I'm, I'm mid-June here, and by the time you probably hear this, it might be the third week of June, you know, just recently I, I um, got interviewed by a wonderful man, a good, just a beautiful friend of mine, and uh, called, um, his name is Colin Boyd, he's based over in California, uh, ex-Australian, and um, he's over there with his wife and young children, and he's an amazing fellow running his own dream, you know, just living his dream is just incredible. And uh, he interviewed me on his podcast, and we went deep into the interview. I guess for an hour and twenty minutes, right? Where we explore the journey of ambition to meaning. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up here is because I, I really would recommend if you've got the time. I know it's a long time, an hour and twenty minutes, right? But if uh, it'll be on my, uh, it'll be on my emotional fitness hub. By the way, I'll talk about the emotional fitness hub a little bit more before I finish and what that is. It's a brand new closed private Facebook group. We'll get to that in a moment, um, but my fan page uh, on Facebook or on LinkedIn, my, my page on LinkedIn, uh, you will find a link there to the interview that Colin did with me just recently, literally last week, as at the time of this recording. So it was a June recording, 2021. And in there, and we have the luxury of time to explore this ambition to meaning journey. So the ambition to meaning journey is this, is this journey of Plato's Cave about realizing that you know, the shadows on the wall is not all there is. And one of the most important insights here that I want to share with you is how, um, you know, even if the characters that were, you know, the prisoners who were chained to the cave there, right, to the wall, even if they suspected or were thinking maybe there could be more, they were still unleaving to leave what was familiar. And this this to me is like an... Um, most Australians, and, I'll, and I know that a few, quite a few of you are tuning in from various parts of Europe and the United States. And the reason why I say Australia is that because my work is predominated in Australia. And based on my experience in the last 15 years, a lot of Australians are unconsciously addicted to certainty. Just, you know, staying with the familiar, even if the familiar and the known is becoming worn out and old hat and boring and disengaging and lacking growth. Most people would rather stick with that than to embrace the unknown. Now, to embrace the unknown is easier said than done. I, I, I've got to sh- say that, I share this, because, you know, embracing uncertainty is something that is really, 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 um, you know, can be quite challenging, depending if it's a relationship ending and a new one beginning or, you know, changing countries or living in a different part of Australia or, um, I don't know, um, career change, you know, all, the, all these fundamental changes in direction in life you know, are quite scary. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you from experience, it's, it's scary as all heck. But boy, oh boy, is it worth it. You know, and sometimes we need to let go of the familiar and feel a little bit lost for a little while. And that's okay. Being lost is actually very healthy. As long as we don't get addicted to that and use that as our, you know, our dramatic story in terms of why we're we're, we're stuck in some part of life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you've consciously chosen to um i guess you could say in a way misdirect yourself you know and and get into that dark cave because it's when we have the courage to look like if we go back to plato's cave right or the republic the story the republic if we um go into those characters and decide to turn around and look at the very source of the shadows look at the very source of the shadows and and we notice that there's other worlds that exist, other ways of living our lives that exist. That there's a different way that we can look upon ourselves. There, there are different ways that we can define ourselves. And the ambition to meaning journey that interview did with Colin was, was all about going deep into um, the identity stages. You know, we, we initially define ourselves by our bodies and our material possessions. Nothing wrong with that. That's where we all begin, kind of thing. That evolves and we move on. And we realize that we are so much more than our material possessions at one point in life, at some point in life. And we begin to define ourselves by what we bring into the world. Could be the results that we're bringing, the results of our businesses, the results of our relationships, our economies, uh, our finances, our health, our fitness, whatever, however you, you choose to define and measure results. And then we begin to realize that there's so much more and we are so much more than that that we are potentially what we are really is the legacy, the ripple effects that we leave behind and the relationships that we've created, the products or the services that we've made for a community or a market of some kind, you know, the value that we've actually added to humanity. As one of my quotes on social media, just one of my little quote posts I said just recently, you know, we are wired to serve. But where the game is truly played and the game where I'm really, really, really hotly curious to know what it means is the fourth stage of identity, which is where we embrace the spirit, where we start identifying ourselves as the observers of our thoughts, as the witnesser of the experiences that we're having. It's almost like we're removed from everyday life and still in it, if that makes any sense. And that's what I have been curious about all my life. Now, if I'm really, really, really um, uh, honest with myself, right, I believe, I don't reckon I've been putting enough energy into my spiritual development and my expansion of consciousness. I reckon I've been prioritizing, um, and and I'm happy to, I feel comfortable saying this because I'm cool with where I'm at with my life at this stage. I've been prioritizing a lot more energy into my health. You know, I'm training for a marathon right now. I love the running. I love being fit. I love feeling energetic. I love... Being completely and utterly pain free, twenty four seven. I think that is amazing. I'm. This is going to sound like a dicky comment here, guys, but you know, like I'm the most fittest fifty one year old that I know. You know, and I'm proud of that within myself. I'm I'm sharing this with you guys, but that's just how I feel, right? And then I've also prioritized ahead of my spirituality. You know, um, my financial investments, which you know require attention from time to time, and there's different decisions that need to be made there, and research and um, reading and studying and following different experts and subscribing and paying for memberships and all that sort of stuff, and then my meditation and my spiritual progress seems to come third. And what I'm what I'm realizing is, if I'm fair income, I'm hoping that what I'm sharing here personally is something that I value to you, because I'm starting to realize I need to every day, just like my running, just like my financial, you know. So my health and my finances are phenomenal, right? So. I'm thinking, well, why don't you have why why don't I have the same commitment toward my spirituality? So that's a decision I made about a week ago. And since then I've been meditating, not every day, but most days, spending the time in quality, quiet, and peace, quietude. Qui I like that word, quietude. And you know, it's been it's just wonderful reconnecting with that feeling of just following a mantra in my mind and just being in that centered space and place love it love it so um you know the reason I'm sharing all this with you is because if we're serious about enlightenment if we're serious about you know expanding our mind and our consciousness if we're serious about leaving Plato's cave and go into the ether of allness whatever that means <laughs> i just made that up then but it's accurate though into the ether of allness to connect with the source because aren't you curious like me in the sense of like what actually is it that is looking through your eyes what actually is it that is observing wherever you move your eyes you know what is that universal intelligence that is creating and contributing to our experience of reality this physical reality you no know, as wayne dyer said all those wonderful years ago rest in soul you said the universal intelligence that, you know, you can see through your eye, the sees through your eyes, the same universal intelligence that opens the rose. That is just such a beautiful, such a beautiful thought, such a beautiful, such a beautiful thought. So anyway, look, I'm been I'm, I'm rambling on now. So I'm hoping that uh, just by introducing you to Plato's Republic and more specifically Plato's cave in the Republic written 2,400 years ago, I would would love for you just to reflect on that. You know, where is it that you're, and we've all got this, we've all got aspects of our caves. I'm stuck in the cave of my body because it feels good to be fit and healthy. Nothing wrong with that, right? But there has to be a time where I need to move on. There has to be a time. Like we're all going to get old and frail. Hopefully all of us will get old and frail. I can't do all these things forever. I can't keep running marathons and doing this forever. I'll keep doing it for as long as I can. But there's got to be a point in time where I've got to disconnect. You know, um, something that I, um, where did I hear this? I, I did a recording recently in my in my emotional fitness hub, which as I mentioned just before I'll talk about in a second. Uh, I did a recording there on energy and uh, that's right. I was watching, um, thanks to um, uh, a wonderful friend who referred me to uh, Thrive 2. Thrive 2 is a wonderful documentary. Um, you can Google Thrive On, I think thriveon.com and Thrive 2 is a documentary goes for two and a half hours. Um, and in there, there was an expert talking about energy, this uh, consciousness researcher. And she was saying that, um, you know, everything in the universe is energy. So energy is consciousness, energy is existence, energy is universal intelligence. I refer to energy as God based on my upbringing and I'm comfortable with that. Um, that everything is energy, everything. Think about it. that's a fundamental profound statement. Everything is energy and energy can't be killed. All it does is change form. It just transforms, change form. And energy moves. It's always moving. And when it moves, we call it a vibration. And how fast it moves, how quickly it vibrates, we call that a frequency. And then when the frequency matches another frequency, we have resonance. So when we are in fine company, company that shares similar values to us, we're in frequential resonance. I just made that up, that frequential word. But you get my point, right? But what I love about that, and there's other things that I share on on the Hub about that, but let me just share with you here, right? If everything is energy and it can't be killed, it always is transforming from one form to another. Aren't you curious to know what happens when our body stops breathing? I've been forever curious about what that means. And that's what led me into the whole world of near-death experience research. And I would recommend that if you want to shift your perspective in a different way or bring even more peace into the way that you see yourself in the world. You know, read the wonderful work um, of, it's called Life After Life by Dr. Raymond Moody, written way back in 1975. But this fellow is a grandfather of near-death experience research. And he um, he's amazing. He's, he's interviewed over the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. He's interviewed in excess of 20,000 people whose heartbeats have actually stopped, you know, in different situations through accidents or on the, on a hospital bed or wherever they've been. And they experienced just briefly the other side. Incredible stories. And anytime I feel a little bit down on things or, you know, whatever, I read uh, a near-death experience story and it just lights me up. And I hope it lights you up too. So have a look at Raymond Moody, he's fantastic. He's the grandfather of all of that. I I almost said the grandfather of soul, but that would be confusing. Well, I guess he is a grandfather of soul when you look at it from, from a death perspective. So anyway, I'm rambling on now. So I'm going to stop. I hope there's something in this for you today. Uh, the Emotional Fitness Hub. It's a brand new closed, private Facebook group that I've created for people who resonate with my messages. Um, it only started three weeks ago, uh, literally only three weeks ago, barely three weeks ago. I think we we have already um, passed. I've already passed 600 members, which is so exciting. It might not sound like a lot to some of you, but 600 members signing up to the hub. Um, you know, uh, three weeks ago from three weeks starting at zero. I'm I'm just amazed at that. And every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Melbourne time here in Australia, I do a 20-minute insight into emotional fitness and spirituality and humanity and just life stuff. And so if you love the podcast or resonate with this, you'll love what's in the hub. So just uh, reach out to me on the Emotional Fitness Hub. You can find that on Facebook by searching Emotional Fitness Hub or you can go to my website, joepane.com.au and there's a link on the homepage straight. You can click the link straight into the Emotional Fitness Hub and just ask to join. And then I actually approve personally every person because I'm I'm, I'm making sure that everyone who comes into the hub is um, someone who's coming in with a clean intention, open mind and a good heart, okay? So if I don't know who the person is, I'll try to look them up. And if, there's all, if it's all mysterious and I don't know who they are, I decline it. So I'm very, very fussy and who i let in. So have, have, come on in and, and join me there. I would love to see you there. If you listen to this podcast, I, I reckon it's a safe bet that I'd love to have you there. Okay? So join me there at the Emotional Fitness Up. Also, if you're loving this podcast, you know, on iTunes, Apple iTunes, if you could give me five stars. If, only a genuine expression of five stars. Don't give me five stars because I'm asking. I want you to give me five stars because that's a genuine Feeling for this podcast, that will be much appreciated. And um, and if you don't like this podcast, then just don't tell anyone, okay? All right, so that's a wrap for today. I hope you enjoyed episode 62. It was a bit of a rambler, but nevertheless, I've enjoyed sharing this with you. I hope it's been of value. All right, bye for now. And uh, look forward to retuning in with you for the next episode. Thanks guys, bye for now. I'm Joe Parney, and you've been listening to Insights, the podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can now follow my insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon in the next episode of Insights, the podcast.